0: welcome everybody this week I discovered something when I was doing Revelation because I um, every time we deal with Revelation people would like to know when is the rapture when is the rapture and what I have gleaned from many commentators in Revelation it depends on what we have decided to believe before we get to Revelation that will determine what we find in Revelation. If you're a hammer, you are looking for nails. And if you're a sewing machine, you are looking for fabric. So, you know, there are three views. The church will be raptured, the church will be raptured before the tribulation, some believe. And they find answers in revelation then there are those of us who believe in mid-tribulation and we will find evidence in a Reve- in book of revelation and then there are those who say no it will be at the end of the tribulation this is like a dark color that's on my birthday <laughs> <laughs> so I think the reason for this is that the Lord has obscured this on purpose because we believe that we know that what, is, what the Bible is clear on is the, is the main thing and th- those things that the Bible is unclear on um, is the things that we, it, it's not really central. So, we have trouble with the sound. Just uh, forgive us for a, a moment or two. Now, the reason I say that is because the next section in, in, in Revelation 14 Will bring us to one of those disputed passages where people read into this uh, a a rapture a, a scene for the rapture and that is as you will notice when we are in Revelation 14 we are really in the mid tribulation period so as I said to you before the last time if we can Page to chapter 9 um, we, we see says, uh, chapter 9 says uh, if I can find it the fifth angel blew his trumpet and then he saw a star fallen from heaven and then he went on to the sixth and then he went on to uh, the seventh trumpet so in chapter nine, we see the la- that's where the chronology stopped. So some in Revelation, what makes the book difficult is some parts are chronological. They find the, the, the events follow one another, and then there's a brief period where it stops. And here, and and, and when the angel and the little scroll in chapter ten, that is when we t- take a stop from the chronology, and we see the 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 chapter about the two witnesses then the seventh trumpet and the woman and the dragon and so we carry on until we come now to chapter 15 and 16 where the chronology will be continued so right now what we have my bible says here (coughs) above 14 it says the harvest of the earth so it is almost like the, revel- the revelation is taking us on a view what is going to happen in the very near future. The harvest of the earth is really looking towards the judgment of God that is coming. We know that the tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel, is divided into two parts. The first one is the tribulation, and then the great tribulation. And when we, we are now right before the seventh trumpet is blown. And when the seventh trumpet is blown, that is when the seven, some Bibles call it vials, but some say the correct translation is bowls. The seven bowls, the judgment of God is about to be released on earth. So now here in chapter 14, we are looking ahead of what is coming when the seventh trumpet is blown, because we are like a, a, in an intermediate uh, time period and it's just giving us a glimpse so let's read it says then i looked and behold a white cloud and seated on the cloud one like a son of man with a golden crown in his head and a sharp sickle in his hand so people say because of the we have come across this before in in, in john 1 when john was looking and he saw the lord jesus christ standing among the lampstands and he had a, a similar view a similar look he, he was uh, wearing, he, he looked like a son of man. He was, and the seated on the cloud, that seated on the cloud, is, we find that image in Daniel 7 that is linked to the son of man that comes on a cloud. So that's what people say, this image must be the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are some people would say, but why? Why would it? Why would it be Jesus Christ? Just because it says Son of Man? Because we will read on and see that this angel, there is an angel that is telling the Lord Jesus Christ to stick in his uh, sickle and harvest. Where would an angel have the authority to order the Lord Jesus around? And some people would say, no, it is just a way. To, uh, how? John describes what is happening. So the angel is actually telling us by telling the Lord Jesus Christ, stick in your. He is actually telling the audience what is happening now. Do you follow? It's not like he's strictly ordering the Lord, but he's almost saying to know the Lord is sticking in his sickle and he's harvesting. That is the, that is the way um, John is probably using the, the angel here. So he had a golden crown on his head. Other people say, yes, you see, he's got a crown on his head. He must be the king. He must talk about Jesus, he, he's, he's, act, he's acting out his kingship here. But then people would say, no, if you read the Greek, it's not diadem. It's not a royal crown he's wearing. He He's using the term Stephanos. And Stephanos is the laurel wreath, the victor's crown that is only in gold but we don't find the victor's crown in the beginning of Revelation 1. He just appeared like, like uh, you know, the white face and the white hair and the eyes of fire and the uh, sword from his mouth, but no mention of a crown. So there are conflicting views of who this person sitting on the cloud is really like. And then there are people who say, the Son of Man is putting in his sickle and it says to, ri- to, to, to harvest the earth, and the reason for that is he is rapturing his own. And then most people say no. Most commentators say no. They say this scene is about the judgment of God. So I want you to have two things in view. Is this an angel or is it the Lord Jesus? Is it the rapture or is it, is it judgment? Let's do, let's do the study together and see what your con, uh, conclusions would be. And another angel came out of, temp- of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So the commentators say that the way the Bible is using this harvest means it is the gr- a grain harvest they're talking about. It's a grain harvest. And I'm just going to read to you 1 Thessalonians 4:16 for the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of a trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first then he who who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will always be with the Lord that is the description of the apostle Paul about the rapture so you think of whether John here in, in, in 14, is describing the same event as what Paul has described. And if you compare the two, there are many discrepancies. So he who sat on the clouds swung the sickle across the earth and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar. The altar who was... Um, the angel who was has authority over the fire. The fire. Now, if you, if you think of an, a scene that we've seen before in heaven, and under the altar, the bronze altar, were a collection of saints. They were wearing white linen and they were crying out to, to God for vengeance, to, 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 to visit the earth, those who have slain. Them for their testimony of the Lord, that it is time for them, for the Lord to do something about it. And then the voice came, wait. There are still more. The total number of martyrs uh, is not complete. So the angel is coming from the heavenly altar to ensure that all the prayers of all the saints for judgment and coming of the kingdom are answered. He calls for judgment to start. Right? The Lord said to the saints who were martyred before, wait, the time is not ripe yet. The harvest is not ripe yet. And then, here it is. Finally, the angel came from the altar of God with fire. That fire is the judgment finally on those, the evildoers who, who have uh, slaughtered the, the martyrs. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle. Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth and its grapes, for they are ripe. So I just want to read to you here my comments. We saw this idea of delayed wrath in the fifth seal in heaven. Those servants of God who had been slain asked God, How long will you refrain from avenging our blood? That's what they asked. And the answer they were given was basically a little while longer so that more of your fellow servants will be killed until we reach the appointed number. That sounds cruel. In other words, each time a fellow servant is killed, it only causes the grapes of the wrath to ripen a bit more. I also want you to draw your attention to what has happened in the land of Canaan that God has decided how long should their people stay in Egypt. So think about this similarity. When Abraham was actually invited by Joseph to go to the land of uh, Goshen, Egypt, they were 70 members. And they stayed there for 450 years. And a part of that was under severe oppression by Pharaoh. So that, that simulates sin slavery. They had to make bricks and they had to carry their own straw and so on. So they, they are God's people, but they were severely oppressed by a sinful nation and leader. And now we see here the same. But they had to wait that period of time because God said that the, the uh, sin and the guilt of the people in Canaan from which he would take the land is not completed yet. Have you guys read that? So, God was waiting all those times for the nations, the seven nations in the land of Canaan, for their iniquity to to reach its measure. And here we see the same type of thing. The martyrs will continue to be slain until God's number of martyrs that He has decided is complete. Not a day before, not a day later. So eventually that appointed number will be reached and then the grapes of the wrath will be harvested, which means the bold judgment will come. When the fifth seal begins, it is at the start of the Great Tribulation. We know that the grapes of wrath will be very shortly be ripe, and the wine press is just forty two months away. And we will find that in Revelation thirteen. That the winepress, we will find that again and again in the Old Testament, that through the prophets, that God has, God has warned the, the evildoers of this world that, the, he, that he will tread the winepress of his fury or the winepress of his wrath. And that's what we will actually um, see here. So the angels swing the sickle across swung the sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of god and the winepress was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle about 1600 stadia so this is horrific this is horrific so um, whether to take this literally or to take it symbolically there's a split decision but we know that he's talking here about the last great battle on earth, the battle of Armageddon. And Armageddon means the hill of Mechido. Mechido is an ancient city that is in the northern part of Israel that is overlooking which Napoleon Bonaparte, when he saw that, said it's the ideal battleground uh, that any general can dream of. Because it's absolutely flat and it's absolutely vast. It's about 40 miles in, in length. So that's in the northern part. And 200 stadia means just uh, between 100 and 200 miles. So it will run from the north right down to the Dead Sea. So when, I, when, when we read here, the great wine press of the wrath of God, I want us to think here it refers to the slaughter of all the enemies of God who are still alive. Facing the destruction at Armageddon, the final battle against God's enemies, staged on the plain of, they call it Esdraelon. Esdraelon is just the, the Hebrew name for the valley of Jisrael. Jisrael, the valley of Jisrael has, be, has become uh, synonymous with Armageddon, that's, that's that uh, plain where the battlefield will take, the battle will take place, the bloody imagery comes from the fresh juice of a stomped grapes splattering and running down a trough through the upper vat to the lower vat of a strong wine press. So who knows if, if, if the Bible says it, it will be at the bridle that 's about four feet, and if that blood will be running in the, in the Jordan Valley or in the Gidron valley, we don 't really know what it means, but it could be just like a wave of blood that will actually run for, into the river for miles and miles and miles. It's just going to be a horrific war. just want to say, I was, I'm looking for something here. Right. Now, the reason why it is, it is strange that this section of the Bible is talking about a harvest of grain, and then a harvest that has to ripen and it's and it's a grape harvest and then it's talking about the wine press and uh, as the wrath of god's fury it is easy to see that the white the person with uh on the on the cloud with a with a ray that looks like the lord jesus christ putting in his sickle and and harvesting grain looks different from the harvest that is of the grapes and by another angel. And that's why people say this shows that all the believers in the Lord will be rescued before the Great Tribulation. Now, the Great Tribulation is where the wrath of God is poured out. In the first part, all the evil that has happened is because of the evil of men against those they dislike. Because don't forget who's in the background. In the background is the Antichrist. In the first three and a half years, he is making all the woes he, ca- the woes he can to the nation of Israel to get them into his camp. He's making a covenant with them. Remember, the first rider was the white rider. He's the peacemaker. So, But he only appears to be peaceful because when it's mid-tribulation, he will demand the Jewish people to accept him as God. And that is when the, the woman as we've read in, in revelation 12 the woman representing israel will flee into the into the desert to escape him and though the the woman the, who are the israelites they are the remnant that god says i protect them remember the the dragon also came after them and poured out water from his mouth to drown them which is the armies he sent his armies along to, 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 to um, destroy the israelites but they they escaped And in his fury, he turned around and then he poured himself out on the rest of the world because he couldn't get to to the Israelites. But we have to remember, there are still four groups left on earth. If you you consider the remnant, the, 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 the woman in chapter 12 with the sun and the moon and the 12 stars, everybody agrees this is a symbol of the Israelites. And by the way, which I haven't touched on when I spoke about Revelation 12, is remember that the Bible says she was pregnant and the dragon was standing in front of her ready to destroy her, or the, or the child. And it, and it talked about the male child. But I've come a very, across a very interesting article that says that everything in that chapter is symbolic and even the male child, because he quoted the passage out of Isaiah 66, verse 9, which we, which we could see, that it is possible to take the male child as Paul says, Jesus is the body, is the head, and we are the body. You can see the same symbolism there. Why would you take the woman as a symbol, but, not, but the male child as an individual? They say that whole chapter is symbolic. So, don't lose me here. Is The woman is a symbol of the Israelites, the remnant of Israel that's been chosen by God to, pr- to run from the uh, Antichrist. And the male child is actually the church being raptured. So understand that that's why people say they believe that the chapter 12 is probably one of the best um, evidences of the rapture. If you, if you consider the many others. And that's an interesting study. We might want to return to that later on because I didn't have that information when I was dealing with that. I, I, I believe the commentator saying it was the Lord Jesus. But... Uh, that's why you need to read as, as more, more opinions as possible. Now, let's return to this chapter here and to decide, is this chapter only about the wrath of God, or is this chapter also a hint at the rapture? Now, you know by now, for us to understand what is happening in Revelation, we need to know the Old Testament well. And one of the reasons I fail is because I don't know it well because there are so, so many prophecies that, that, that John is, is mentioning here that all bring together. So let me read this. Um, now, the best explanation for the images of the harvest is that both refer to the judgment and are an expansion of the twofold harvest that we find in Joel 3.13. So if you have Bibles, let's go to Joel 3.13. I will start with 11. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there. He's talking about Armageddon. And bring down your warriors, O Lord. Uh, Let the nations stir themselves up and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread to the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for the evil is great. Multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near and the va- in the valley of decision. Sorry? He said Joel 3, 311, or 3 3.13, but he said I'm starting at 11. Joel 3? Jo- sorry, Joel 3, verse 11. Joel. 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 I'm sorry, it's my It's my accent. You there, yeah. so we see that all there in Joel is talking about the harvest is ripe, this uh, and, the, and the Lord should be ready to, 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 to harvest. So uh, they say another reason is, is the fact that the book of Revelation as a whole leans more heavily on the imagery from the Old Testament rather than the New Testament, because the reason people say that this, is, this must be the rapture because they are looking back at the parable of the Lord Jesus. And if you remember the parable of the weeds, it tells us about the farmer that goes out and, fa- and, and sows, sows good seed in his field. But when, at, when he sleeps at night, the enemy came and he was sowing tares. And then the workers asked the master, didn't you use good seed and he said, of course I did, but it was an enemy that did this to me. And then the workers asked the master, do you want us to go and pluck them out? And the Lord said, no, why? Because if you pluck up the wheat you will also, or the tares or the weeds, that you will pluck up the wheat as well. He says, we will wait for the harvest time. When, because in, in that time they say there's a weed in Israel that looks just like wheat. So you can't really distinguish the two as in the church of Jesus Christ today. Because we can mimic life. We can do what others do. But only the Lord knows, and us know, whether we have the testimony of the Holy Spirit within. So the Lord says, wait for, wait until it's harvest time, because by their fruit you will recognize them, right? So you will know then what is wheat and what is tares, and then we will harvest the wheat, and then they will take up the tares and burn it a- uh, tie it into bundles and put, throw it in the fire. And that's why some of the commentators say, this is exactly the same scene. But when, when John was writing this, they didn't have a Bible yet. Their readers were just reading the Old Testament. And that's why uh, we know that this is probably related, we have to find the answer probably in the Old Testament rather than in the New. So the, ought, the interpretation ought first we see here is more clear in the Old Testament allusions before resorting to the New Testament passage. So I was dealing just with what is happening on the earth right now. I was, I was dealing with the nation of Israel, the remnant. Remember in the, in the discourse of Jesus in Matthew 24, He said to them, you have to watch out for the abomination of desolation. When He appears, Don't even go down to grab a coat. When he stands in the holy place, then you have to run for the mountains. Can you recall that? Matthew 24. Because that is the time when he will change his color. He will break the covenant with the once peaceful Israel. His lies will come forth. He will declare himself God in the holy place. And those uh, those who are chosen by God, the remnant, would say on our life, we will never bow the knee like Daniel's friends before the gold statue. There are some that are chosen by God that will never do that. So they will be protected. And that is the, the, the woman that ran into the desert and uh, was protected from the, from the dragon. So, so what is left? What is left on the earth will still be the four groups. Remember the 144,000 Jews from t- uh, Revelation 12? They were sealed with the seal, with God's name on their head. And they are still evangelizing in this time because despite the tribulation and the great tribulation, God is still saving souls. That is His main goal. He is saving souls. He's got a patient heart. So they will evangelize, but they will eventually all be exterminated. Then we have the unbelieving Jews. They are unbelieving They don't believe in the gospel, but they will not bow the knee. They will not accept the the mark of the beast. And many of them will be killed, but some of them will make it till the end of the tribulation period. Then there are the Gentiles, those who also have not given their life to the Lord, and they will also be slaughtered in great numbers, but a, a, a few of them will escape. And then... The fourth group would be the Orthodox Jews. Those who still believe in the Old Testament and in the law. They are like the Pharisees. They are like Paul with that zeal. That he would say, we, we hate the way. We don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we, don't, we don't accept the New Testament. But they are Orthodox in their view of the law and they are law keepers. The other unbelieving Jews are the secular Jews. Right? so we must separate, there are three groups of Jews it is the, the sealed ones, the virgins that will do, that will do the Lord's bidding who will all be exterminated that will be the very very orthodox Jews the one that will wear the little hat and their beards and stuff like that and then the Gentiles so these groups are still left on earth because as we're going into the millennium so think of this when the Lord Jesus comes at His second coming, the Bible says, with Him on the horses will come an army arrayed in white linen. And they say that will be the church coming with Him. So we will have our new bodies. But on earth, we will meet those who have just earthly bodies. Because only those who are elected to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ will come with Him to rule the earth. Because He says, he says that many places that we will rule and reign with him was one of Paul's uh, messages to the church. But we can only rule and reign if we have been justified and we have, our bodies have been renewed. And we will come from heaven with, a, with a, um, the second coming. So I hope you will pass the test later on today. So let's go to chapter 15. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for, which, uh, for with them the wrath of God is finished. So the last seven bowls that is being announced will be the wrath of God completed. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. Now when he when he sees that, we know he's back uh, with a heavenly sea. He's not on earth anymore. So he's moved on. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. So the sea of glass, people say, it is really what is happening uh, on earth, the fire. The judgment is going to have uh, be poured out on, uh, on the unbelievers uh, uh, that's left. And also those who had conquered... So... O Lord, and who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you. And for your righteous acts have been revealed. We'll go thus far. It's a lot of things to remember. Just relax. I'm just going to look. There's something that I wanted to tell you that I've missed. Right. So I wanted to get to the passages that will remind us of the imagery that we found in chapter 14 about the, why people say it's the judgment. So, um, Michael, if you can read for us Isaiah 63, 1 to 6. Isaiah 63, 1 to 6. Yeah, just, are uh, you at 6? Go to for 6. The,
1: for the day?
0: Yeah, so you look at the passages in Isaiah 63 and then you look at the passage in Joel 3:11, and you get the idea that he's talking about the harvest and the sickle and it's all about judgment. And that's why some of the, some of the commentators say, no, the first part is talking about the Lord Jesus coming to, uh, to, reap, uh, to take his people home. Uh, and then the second part is his wrath and other people say, no, if you read the prophets, it's all about the judgment of God so it, it's up to you guys to make up your mind what you want to believe but i think the main thing for us to to, to know today is if the lord wanted to tell us exactly when the rapture would be he would have and the main take home messages is be ready be ready live as if the lord is coming back today be be, be like the five the five wise virgins who had oil in their lamps and when, when the call is coming the husband is there they could trim their lamps fresh up the oil and, and meet him because they had the oil of intimacy. So make sure we live in a, a way that is prepared. So whether we're going to face the tribulation, just remember what's happened in Goshen. The Lord protected the Israelites from whatever plagues he had on on the on the on the Israelites. God will not strike us with a wrath. With his wrath, why? He's done it in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we will not we will not suffer his wrath. But what he, what he says, he says the the hair of our head uh, is numbered. Do we say he's numbered or are numbered? He's numbered. So that doesn't mean, we. we even if we lost our head, the hair is still numbered. Because the Lord says that the full complement of martyrs should be, and but he is faithful. And that's what we should cling to, that the Lord is faithful, his sovereign will, nothing will be for me except what is his will for my life. And that should give us great peace. And that should also bring us to a place of surrendering. And say, Lord, I'm going to not worry. I'm going to die of hunger. I'm going to die in the prison. What is going to happen? My, my, my hands. you said no one will pluck me from your hands. And that's the take-home message. Be, don't be anxious about anything. Be ready at all times for the coming of the Lord. Do you guys agree? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, but Very true, and, and you know, often I think about myself and say, Lord, I feel inside I'm a coward. Will I have the courage to do what they do? But I believe the Lord will give us the courage when it's needed. I, I won't feel it now. Hopefully when that happens, I'll say, because we know of so many. I, I've, I've watched a movie of, of uh, Romania where they put the husband and the ch- child and the wife in a grave that was dug, before and they said renounce the name of the lord jesus christ and the husband was almost ready to do that and the wife pulled him back and she said in a short while we'll be in heaven and they just nailed uh, they gunned them down in cold blood right but that that is only possible to live a life like that if our upward vision is already here on it while we're doing this while we have peaceful times we will have to we, we, we can't learn that intimacy and dependency and that faith in the moment. We have to have a lifestyle of that, expecting that this could come anytime any soon. And we don't need the outside pressure to really uh, call us towards intimacy. We do it out of f- free will. And that's my encouragement and my prayers for us as a congregation, that this, in this time that we live, we will seek out the kingdom of God.